A note before starting the episode, this is going to be a spoiler episode today. The movie we are talking about, Smile, was released September 30th of 2022. It is available to rent and stream now. Oh, and one more warning. Be advised, we are talking about a horror movie today, and because of that, there will be some graphic horror movie descriptions. I want to start with this question. When was the last time that you saw a horror movie that was so messed up, and I'm not talking blood and guts, sure this one has that too, but a story, a concept, that is so fucked up that days, weeks, months after you've seen it, you're still thinking about it. That is what we have on today's episode. This episode is special for two reasons. First, on the pod today, I have my good friend and horror film connoisseur, Chris Chang, joining today. And the second reason is that the director of this film is an alumni from my alma mater, Chapman University, so you know I'm going to show some love. Today, we're talking about the 2022 horror film, Smile. Let's talk for a minute. Chris, I appreciate you joining today, bud. You know, just we we talk about horror movies a lot. You've been telling me to see this movie for a while, right? Yeah, I saw this movie, or I saw this trailer. I think you you actually told me to watch the trailer. And since I saw the trailer, I was like, oh man, this is a movie that I definitely need to see. I mean, I'm a a horror buff and I I, I like to get spooked. I like to play around and, and scare my niece and nephew and get frightened myself. So this was just like right up my alley. Yeah, man, this movie smile. I mean, just off the bat, I was, I was impressed. It was a really good movie. I don't know what the budget was. It was beyond well made. And the plot line was was great. And the scare factor definitely rocked me. I had to watch it a second time because I wanted to get a full, better understanding of the movie. The second time around still still shook me. I, I still I still jumped at those uh, at those at those the jump scares. Yeah, the jump scares. Like it's it's yeah. the camera the camera angles, the music, the audio, the sudden hey. just the sudden appearance of what happened, it's just like, whoa, where did that come from? That was a really highlight of what I enjoyed about the movie. So you were mentioning, okay, the, the, the budget. The budget for the film, I, and I'm basing this off of uh, Wikipedia, so you know we can take this with a grain of salt. Um, a $17 million film that made a worldwide box office of $217.5 million. What? So, some bias I have going into this and why I definitely wanted to see this one is that Parker Finn, the director for this, this is his directorial debut. He is an alumni from Chapman University, my school. Got to show some alma mater love. And if, yeah. I, if I have this information correctly, and please anyone out there, if you're from my Chapman community, if I have this wrong, I let me know. But I believe he's an MFA student of 2011 for screenwriting. And to see him go from there now to directing, that's a blowout of a debut. That's amazing. Since then, he's now signed a first look deal with Paramount. He will have the opportunity to develop more films and content for them. Absolutely incredible. But a couple other things. Did you know that the actress who's the lead in this, so her name's uh, Sozie Bacon. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Sozie Bacon, the daughter of Kevin Bacon. That's kind of a cool thing. What? Just uh, Yeah, I didn't yeah. know that. Interesting. Yeah. I'm with you, man. In this movie, well made. So many good jump scares for sure. Just from the top rating, I give it seven and a half out of ten. Is probably like where I stand with this one. Yeah, I was going to say I my rating is probably going to be eight point five. Eight point five. I mean, well done horror movie. I told you that there were some things that just when watching it, unsettling music for sure. Yeah. Sound effects for those jump scares. The cinematography, super creepy. That first patient, how close when it would come to her face. Oh, you know, man. Definitely freaked me out. I mean, that that opening scene was just so intense. 
with the close-ups of those shots, mm-hmm. it's like, all right, you know, something's definitely going to happen. And then it kind of doesn't happen. But then just 10 seconds later, it just, your mind just goes, whoa, what the heck? It, it, it's, it's a roller coaster. It's a real roller coaster of like, you're on the edge of your seat and then you're like, oh, okay. The music kind of settles down and then it suddenly just hits you with the visuals. That's what I think is the most impressive. It's just that kind of teeter-tottering on that, oh, something's going to cringe. And then you're like, oh, actually, it's going to happen. And then bam. And then you're like, yeah. oh my Lord. Yeah, that opening scene to the movie was just, when I saw that, I was like, this movie's going to be pretty freaking gnarly. How about this? That fucked up monster at the end was just <laughs> horrifying. That is some traumatizing stuff. Thank you for now forever having that lodged in my head. Yeah. Just that that yeah. was a definitely a creepy I, it's not like a devil. It just was so disturbing because wasn't it kind of it was the image of her mom. They, her mom elongated the worst thing you could possibly think of of like a loved one. The concept is what her own memories, right? Memories of her mm-hmm. mom. She's an addict. She couldn't care for the kids. That's what I was wanting to talk to you about because from what I understood is that when she was actually really sick, like when she was overdosing and she was like, hey, call some help. And the main character, when she was a girl at that time, walked in, saw her mom dying and and pretty much said no and didn't call for help. I think that's what she was bearing on all the responsibilities and all the resentment from maybe her sister being like, why did you call? You could have saved you could have saved my mom. And then her response was she was never a good mom. She was had these mental issues, mental psych issues. I think the way that we see into her head really depicts what as viewers can imagine what she sees of her mom. And they did a really fucking good job because that image of her mom at the end of the movie, the demon mom, the spirit, the entity like you said is fucking burned in my head god that was frightening and then the fact that this thing is trying to get in her and and just rips her face off and tries to like instill it in her to be passed along to the next person man it was yeah that last half an hour that last ending was pretty intense two things there going off of that one is yeah this whole thing of using out the monster or demon or whatever it is it thrives off of trauma that part is such a crazy unique idea she's a therapist you know what i mean like the other thing too with it is now i don't want people going into this and thinking that yeah it had horror elements it had some gore but overall compared to a lot of other horror movies it's not very gory there is some blood there is some stuff but it's pretty tame and i think that That's why it's actually scarier because the way they scare you, just the idea of this, the faces, the sounds, a good amount of old school quality jump scares. Some of these scenes, kid's birthday party. Oh gosh, the poor nephew. The main character's nephew is having a birthday party. Everybody's doing the gifts exchange. This is at a point where the main character has already transferred the entity into her. She's trying to figure out what's happening to her. She'll have these moments of seeing stuff and hallucinations where she does stuff that maybe she doesn't remember. So they're at this party and they're doing the gift exchange. The poor kid, who's like, I don't know, seven or eight, is opens up her gift that the aunt, the main character gives to him. I'm going to say everybody. He opens up the gift and it's her dead cat that she's been trying to find for the past few days. Not only like traumatizes the kid and it's just so fucked up because you're like, oh my God, this is like, you know, the happiest day of a kid's life. And he's just like holding a dead cat. You're like, what in the world's going on? The main character you know, flips out. She then sees this image of the girl that had committed suicide. The, the main character freaks out and has an episode and scares everybody and whole mess. You're like, Whoa, what the heck just happened? She she falls on the glass table. And what was it? The girl from the beginning of the movie that she hallucinates and sees. But the, the, the other part too, I remember was she remembers 
buying a train, a little toy train oh, thing. Yeah, right. And like the fact that even she doesn't know, like, she's surprised herself. And the way they use sound with that, she goes back to her car. Her sister is going to like comfort her or come talk to her for a sec. But even that's a hallucination. The head twists upside down. And, yeah. you know, it, but one thing with this movie, the actors are all amazing. From the angry sister, seeing her sister who was getting progressively worse. Yeah. Um, one part also I thought was really good, but it was very short. The main character, she learns the story that, okay, here's how this is getting passed on. In one case, one guy was able to break the chain and he's still alive, but he's in prison because he had to kill somebody. Uh -huh. She goes to the prison to talk to him. She doesn't say who she is, that she's having the same problems. Once she reveals that, he freaks out, like, get away, get away. Like, he's having a, like, a hallucination too now. And that actor was really, really good. I don't think he was having a hallucination. I think he was responding the way that he was responding in real life. He's just because, scared. Yeah, he's just scared shitless because when they're talking about how it's being passed on, she was saying in her response to him divulging this information of how he kind of figured it out, she was like, I can't kill anybody. And then he's like, wait, what do you mean? You you have it? And he just freaks out because he's just afraid being in the proximity to this entity that is following these people, it could maybe bounce back and affect him that jail scene was pretty intense so like oh well, man like he was genuinely as a character as his role i think Dude. he did a really good job it was a short it was a short one right yeah i kind of wished it kind of elaborated a little bit more but it was effective there are so many of these great scenes that were put together that i think really made the whole movie stand out that prison scene there's a scene because i keep referring back to the mother as you said who had overdosed i remember this one shot the main character i think her name is rose she's standing by the door remembering her mother in bed all of a sudden you hear a voice yell rose like loud oh. and then it swooshes to like her in her car waking up from being in a daze or something yeah. that made me jump so much i remember <laughs> in that moment one of my only regrets is the not seeing this in the theater because i know that that collective experience with the audience would have been amazing oh my you know, Gosh, I mean, it, would, it would have been great. It would have been great. Everybody would have been shaking in their boots at the same time. Yeah. Like to your point, those highlights of when to like frighten people are on point because I remember I jumped along with you at that scene. There was a scene in the beginning or in the middle of the movie. I think she was like crossing the street, but then there was some yelling or some audio that was so loud and then she almost gets hit by a car. But it's the transition of when it happened and the scream or the yell just made yeah. it that much more intense. You're like, oh my gosh. And then you're like, hold me your breath and you're all tensed up. And it's great. Towards the end, when the therapist therapist comes to her home to visit her, her phone rings on the table and she sees it's her therapist calling, even though she's supposedly right in front of her. And then her face starts to be like, you see like it's this evil smile and just the sound of the evil laugh. And one of the most terrifying I think, moments uh, of the film, which again, there's nothing graphic in it, but it's scary as hell. I could only imagine for all the actors, including the lady who played the therapist therapist, they probably had so much fun playing this role. I think we haven't touched upon the actual title of the movie oh yeah right? the smiling aspect of it it's frighteningly weird it makes you so uncomfortable because it's it's not a genuine smile of course but it's the fact that they're smiling so intently that how they're feeling is the complete opposite you know smiles are supposed to be happy right this is beyond the complete opposite when that then the therapist therapist comes to the house, all of us thinking that it's a real session where this is happening in real life, only to understand that this is in her head. You only understand at that point when she gets that phone call and then you look back and you just see her like this grin, smile, and just an intense look. And that is just like, oh, <laughs> oh my God. God.
you'll enjoy it like for all the traditional things of horror movies from good acting scary sounds jump scares that was one of those classic moments in the movie for sure but yeah with the smile that you're mentioning as the title itself says it's just big old grin smile in fact yeah. i'll kind of relate it to this any of you have a fear of clowns this exactly. kind of this kind of reminds me of that a bit chris i remember like a year ago before any trailer came out there were these like very subtle marketing and promo posters. It just had a smile going across as like torn paper, like jagged, yeah. it looked really messed up. There were just tons of these really messed up smile posters. And then I do remember this during the World Series, the announcers would be like, a reason there's some lady, I don't know if something's wrong with her over there. She'd be looking down the barrel of the camera and the exact same type of smile, like the, char <laughs> like the characters uh, in the movie. When they did that, the expression was the exact same. It was brilliant marketing. Marketing. I was just going to say, what a subtle way of inference putting in there just so you like recognize that image and you're like, wait a second, I've seen that somewhere. Like you said, the smile, like how the characters really expressed it, it honestly shakes me to my core. It reminds me of someone, yeah, they're smiling, but has like the worst intentions. Right? Yeah. They're smile, like they're 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 smiling, but you know, you know the fake smile. Yeah, right? you're like, all right, something's fucked up. This doesn't make sense. Two and two shouldn't go together. You're smiling, but something a little off about it. And that's what's just, oh man, it just gives me the shivers. There was that first scene when her first patient had killed herself. They were taking out the body. And the way that this person cut herself was from her like ear to down, cross her throat and back up. And Dude. the way that he bled out on the sheet, it left a, a smile. smile. Like that I can't shake out. It's uh, definitely a symbol of the movie. It kind of reminded me of when Dark Knight was being promoted. They had a drawing of like a messed up clown face. The messed up way it was drawn was kind of like that one where it's a white sheet put over the body and it had just from the blood the smile. Like, so ugh, this really gives me shivers just thinking about it, but really yeah. good marketing. I really liked this movie, but thinking about the cons for a second, this is a bit of a stretch. There's two things I think are issues. One, now, Sosie Bacon, she was good in the movie, but her character and I don't put this on her as the actress. Her character wasn't given too much actively to do. The parts that felt really interesting was all the other people that she interacted with. The guy in the prison, her sister, the therapist, her boss, by the way, great cameo by uh, Cal Penn. <laughs> and then of course, you know, the monster at the end. Her part, it was more of things are happening to me. Uh -huh. uh, you know, there could have been a little bit more there. I think you had mentioned it earlier saying that her backstory, this thing of what is the trauma with her mom and her sister and, and all that, they kind of gloss over it. You know what I yeah. mean? Like the movie doesn't need to be super long. In fact, the pacing was great. The runtime was great. But if you're going to utilize that, a little bit more explanation, not a lot more, but just a little bit more would have helped. And I feel like I'm hoping, I don't know if this is true or not, but it, the way that it ended, there's going to be a second one, yes? Because so, it, yeah. it, the way that it ended, it was passed on to her, her police friend. It just kind of ends there. And I'm thinking that this entity is going to be now in him and the story can continue. I hope it does because if it does, I would, to your point, yeah, it, it would be nice to kind of have a better understanding of the backstory of like how this came to because there's not an explanation for that. I think the director Parker Finn and Paramount as a studio, there has been some talk that they're interested in getting this, you know, a sequel going. I do hope they do continue it. I think there's more that they can build on here. Oh yeah. The one complaint I had heard and I also had read was that, okay, this is kind of rehashing some stuff from well-known, relatively recent horror movies. Once this has been passed to you, you could have anywhere from four days to a week until, you know, you're dead. Is this a rehashing of The Ring? That's what I was saying. When I was watching this, yeah. I was like... 
this is not anything new. It's the story's been there. It kind of reminded me of what lies beneath and the ring. There was another one. Is the ring the one where what was the Japanese one where there was like the guy was sitting on top, the girl was sitting on top of him? That was the ring, the, right? No, that one was the grudge. Yes. It reminded me of the grudge mm -hmm. and just the jump scares and the really creepy kind of environment. At the same time, the story is of itself, but it's mm. just the execution was something that was different, which I enjoy. Mm. The idea, it's out there. It's just kind of rehashing how to execute this. And these guys did an amazing job. I took a few points because I think there is something to say like, okay, they took a little bit from these other stories. But two things that I think really made up for a lot of that is one, the ending. The ending was amazing with the monster and the confronting. It's confronting the monster, but also it's confronting your trauma in a yeah. horror movie type of way though, which is brilliant. Utilizing trauma like this and actually kind of zeroing in on it, focusing on it, having it be a psychology slash horror movie together, yeah. I think is great. That's the part that makes it unique and it sets itself apart from The Ring, The Grudge, and all the ones before. I tell you what, I stand by like seven and a half for sure. You've already now watched this twice. Yeah, I need to give this one another watch too. Just talking about it, thinking about it, I already want to watch it again. Um, yeah, I think the second time around, I picked up on things I would have never picked up on watching the first one because I was so intent on watching it for what it is, understanding the story after the first time. I can make references of like, oh, that makes sense now. Like, I get it. It really puts a different perspective on how I interpreted it. There were things I definitely was like, wait, I didn't see that the first time. Things that just happened by. The one thing I can kind of relate to is when she was in the kitchen when after that entity transferred into her or the trauma that had happened with her first patient, kitchen in the dark. And I don't know if you saw, you probably saw this, right? Yeah. The girl standing in like the hallway with mm -hmm. the paper. And that's what I remember What Lies Beneath is like very, these like subtle inferences. Do you remember the movie What Lies Beneath, right? Yeah, yeah, with Michelle Pfeiffer. Like, yeah, there'll be these shadows and like clouds, but they'll have this weird image. Once you see it, you're just like, whoa. And that's how it made me feel watching this movie was like, wait a second, that was something. If you weren't paying attention, or if you just looked away for a second, you'd miss it. Look, we all do this where you're going to have a movie on, you're going to be doing other stuff, maybe work and have it in the background. Don't do that yeah. with this movie. It will suck you in. Actually, one part that it made me laugh at the end, the movie's over. When the last scene goes to black and then the credits start rolling, the song that starts playing is lollipop, lollipop, lollipop. I'm sorry, what? You you just traumatized me. Now you're just playing something light just to be like, how you doing, pumpkin? You doing okay? You good? I thought that was so great. I loved that use of that song. That was perfect. Yeah, it's just fucking with us, man. Overall, it's a great movie. I think it's like a psychological slash horror movie. I love the fact that the roles and the characters are psychologists themselves. And that plays a big, deep role in understanding how they think and their approach on their patients and themselves. And it takes a deeper dive into like the yeah. trauma that some people have experienced and how that can like manifest into a physical illness. And I think there's so much to be talked about. And I hope they, I hope they go into it more based on the story. I really do hope they, they make something of it, a sequel yeah. and delve into the, the backstory a little bit more. Chris, I appreciate you uh, recommending this film to me. Glad we could do this and chat about it. Listener, Chris had been for a while now. I've been like, sorry, did you see it yet? Did you see it? Have you seen it yet? Did you see it yet? Did you watch it? And I already knew I was going to watch it because I gonna want to show that love to Chapman, you know, alumni pride, Parker Finn, awesome debut for you, man. But just, I got to get in that horror mood. And what do I do? I watch it at the end of the day. It's already dark out. Now, let me just say this. I'm 38, grown ass man. But I chose to watch this movie, which is scary, really, really scary, 
chose to watch it by myself. And yeah, that was really smart. Because <laughs> after that, I'm like, all right, now I'm going to try to sleep. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Chris, I really appreciate you taking the time to come onto the podcast. Really enjoyed it. Anytime, and, brother. Uh, and I know I can count on you. And I mean this in the best of ways to find the best future fucked up movies and recommend them and send them my way. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks for joining, man. We'll do this again soon. Sounds good, man. Thanks, Rob. So there you have it, the 2022 horror film Smile, a well-made, well-acted, and very messed up horror movie. I promise this is a movie you won't soon forget. I want to thank our guest for joining today on the episode. Chris, my friend, thank you very much for joining, and let's do this again soon. The movie Smile is available to stream in the U.S. on Prime Video and Paramount+. Plus. The movie is also available wherever you rent and purchase your movies. So be sure to check out this creepy horror movie, and definitely let me know what you think. Y'all are great. Thank you for listening.